Welcome to the Solstice Space Podcast. I'm Dawn Hafner, and I put this podcast together as a place for us to come together, work on our soul, connect to ourselves, to experience meditation, growth, and have deep conversations about how our spirituality, our soul path, our journey is played out in life, in work, and in our relationships. So I hope you'll join me for some meditations and some interesting conversations. Have a wonderful day full of presence. And remember, we simply can't do this without you. You're more important than you can ever, ever know. Hi, welcome. This is Dawn Hafner from the Solstice Space Podcast, and I'm really excited. I have a special guest today who's a great friend of mine. Her name is Bridget Schneider, and she's the owner and founder of Muscle for the Journey. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you for having me, Dawn. Yeah, welcome. So let's start a little bit about what you have going on in your business right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Your business, if you want to describe it um, to people, how is it different than other gyms and fitness places? How do you differentiate yourself? Um, well, kind of what's going on right now is uh, I've just recently expanded. So um, we went from having a 920 to 950 square foot space to having 1875 square feet, roughly. So, uh, yeah, it's a really nice difference. And it was we were starting to feel it. Yeah, <laughs> People were starting to kind of feel like we're pushing the, the edges of the walls, I think, when we had several people in there at a time. So that was exciting. And it felt like the right timing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was like a necessity instead of just a dream. So it's nice to have a combination of those mm-hmm. awesome. of those things. So, um, I mean, I guess one of the biggest things that sets Muscle for the Journey apart is that, um, I, think, I feel like there's a few things because it's my baby, but um, is that it's owned by a female. So it's mm-hmm. the only female-owned strength training gym in the Des Moines area awesome. that I know of. So, awesome. um, so that's really cool. And then... I guess the other thing that sets it apart is we are not focused on weight loss as a main goal, and we don't even have mirrors here except in the bathroom and in the massage room, Um, and sometimes we'll use them for form check, but very rarely because that's not the focus and Mm -hmm. it's not appearance, even though that's a beautiful bonus of Mm -hmm. lifting and working out and stuff, um, just because it's so subjective. So I would say that that's really what I was seeking to also create a safe space um, and I train all genders, but, uh, specifically mm-hmm. for women because of my own journey. So mm-hmm. awesome. I love yeah. that. I hadn't even noticed the mirrors until that's awesome. <laughs> I, you just I mentioned that because yeah. I work out with Bridget and, um, yeah, I hadn't even noticed the lack of mirrors. I just follow your directions and yeah. try to pay attention. That's um, awesome. Yeah, what I would also say, I enjoy going to a female trainer. I have never been to a female trainer before you. Yeah, I've always gone cool. to see men, so I think it was really refreshing. And the other thing I noticed about you is you are so spot on the form. Yeah, oh, that, that's nice to hear. Um, yeah. Everything I do, Bridget is always like, oh, no, put your toes down. Like, they're in my shoes, but she can still see that my toes are up. <laughs> She's like, put your toes down. <laughs> that's where overanalyzing comes in handy. <laughs> overanalyzing the rest of my life, yeah. maybe not so much, but yeah. here in the gym. And I think a lot of that's because, like, I started going to physical therapy at a pretty young age. I mm-hmm. constantly was rolling my ankle um, mm-hmm. when I was younger and having, like, just these not major injuries, but lots of little ones. So mm-hmm. maybe more conscious of how uh, the body moves because of different pain points. And mm-hmm. I think 
with empathy too that comes mm-hmm. into play so yeah yeah I think that's super important because we get used to how to do things and sometimes it's the wrong way right and then we start to overdevelop and then yeah. underdevelop other right. areas of our body and then become unbalanced right and unhealthy which isn't the goal yeah we all have these so. compensating things that we do for years mm-hmm. and then we challenge our bodies to do something like a powerlifting me or a mm-hmm. marathon and we're like wait why is my body here because uh-huh. <laughs> you did things wrong for decades and then added to that so, right yeah yeah um so tell me do you have anything new and exciting coming up in your business that you want to talk about yeah so next not this coming saturday but next saturday march 7th is going to be the grand opening and i'm really excited because it's on the eve of international women's day So that's near and dear to my heart, and that's why I'm having other women business owners come in. One of the reasons I'm having them come in and do kind of like a pop-up market. Um, Part of that is because I'm really uh, intentional about supporting other women in business, and another part of that is so that I know the gym or working out can be seen both as a negative thing and as intimidating, so I wanted to create kind of a safe space for people to come in and have fun and shop Mm -hmm. around and meet other like-minded individuals. Um, and then just just enjoy a few hours of uh, hanging out together and stuff mm-hmm. without that intimidation of the gym. So I'm really cool. excited to have that. So it's from 4 to 7 p.m. Okay. on the 7th. So Awesome. That's a great way for people to just come see your space and meet yeah. you and ask questions. I know sometimes when people think about seeing a personal trainer, it feels intimidating because yeah. it's one-on-one right. rather than a class. And so sometimes people get intimidated, but it'd be a great right. time to come ask questions. Yeah. And actually... That's another thing that I'm kind of seeking is to grow my small group personal training. Mm -hmm. So those classes are only up to five people or less because of the form aspect. And I really want to make sure that I'm still able to give, excuse me, individualized attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like to keep them low, but I'm having a hard time filling those classes. And so I think I'm kind of searching for the right times and also... The feedback that I've gotten too is that that this particular studio can be intimidating to people because of the weights aspect, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure sometimes people think when they're in a group maybe other people are in quote better shape than them. Right. And so just getting that uh, I think message out that it's a safe space and and mm-hmm. no one's like we all start we all have such different journeys leading mm-hmm. into this. So there's no way to compare yours mm-hmm. to someone else's, and right. you might be better at one thing and someone else might be better at another thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even like using the word better, but right. by all appearances better, I guess. Yeah. Just a so. different place in the journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about how did you get into this? Did Was this always a dream of yours or did you do anything before this? So it was definitely not a dream. I actually <laughs> have a distinct memory. I was hanging out with this friend of mine who I don't think he was a trainer. He might've been a trainer, but I knew him from youth group at a church that I was part of in Sioux Falls Mm -hmm. and he would always eat like just grilled chicken breast with nothing with it or whatever and I was like ugh, I can never be a trainer because you guys have to worry about how you look and what you eat Uh (laughs) and then every time I do that it's like I just hear the laughter in the background like you're gonna do it now (laughs) (laughs) so um it was definitely not and I was not like I was in weird sports growing up so I was never stereotypically athletic like I did Scottish Highland dancing okay I didn't even know that was a (laughs) thing yeah it's like a different version of like it's the same kind of concept as river dance but like with Scottish dancing you move your arms and hands are in a certain position and 
Yeah, it cool. was actually used as calisthenics in the Scottish Army at one point. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, just, like, weird things like that. But then I lived in Sioux Falls and um, didn't know anybody there. And anytime I asked people, like, at the grocery store, I'd say, what is there to do here? They would just say, ah, drink and go to bars. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's weird on many levels. And I don't know anybody, so I'd just be going by myself and... So I started hanging out at the gym a lot just Mm -hmm. to be around people, even if I didn't necessarily, I'm not the kind of person, like, I get energy from being around other people, but not necessarily even hearing them or talking to them, Mm -hmm. Um, just, like, with my headphones on. And Mm -hmm. um, then I started running a lot, and I started doing research on the internet, and one thing just kind of led to another. Mm -hmm. And I got into lifting, which then eventually led to bodybuilding, because Mm -hmm. I was in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship. And I eventually just, like, pulled the trigger on doing a bodybuilding show. And I don't even know, like, if there was a defining moment and why. Mm -hmm. Because people had talked to me about it for a while. And I think I just, it was, like, a really seemingly random assertion of my independence. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was kind of one of those on and off again relationships. And you never knew when it was off or when it Uh was on. Right. And uh, after that, I realized I hated (laughs) the bodybuilding (laughs) aspect. Like, I didn't like the fake tan. I didn't like Uh the jewelry. Well, I didn't like the heels. um, And I just wanted to lift heavy. And I had ended up meeting some people who were powerlifters through doing the bodybuilding show Mm -hmm. and ended up doing powerlifting, which was really the thing that ultimately pulled me out of that relationship. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so I just got really passionate about wanting to do that for other people mm-hmm. while still living in Sioux Falls. And I was a communications director for a nonprofit there. So very okay. different job okay. Okay. than here. So cool. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, I know women, when you mentioned lifting mm-hmm. are sometimes just like so averse to it because they're right. afraid they're going to get big or bulky or right. that it's a place if you come to the gym, you're going to have to be in a space with men. Right. So those are kind of some I know of the fears that women have. How would you yeah. address some of those? Um, I mean, we have men that work here and work out here, and but it's definitely not like where you're going to have 10 men and then you or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and actually the women or the group classes during the week are women only mm-hmm. because I was discovering like we had moments where some people were crying in front of each other or sharing joys, sadness, tension, all those things. And I realized then that this needed to be a safe area, like Mm -hmm. where we could build that camaraderie and that safety. Um, So I don't know if that fully answered your question. Oh, and then I guess with the bulkiness, yeah. yeah, The funny thing is that most women don't have the testosterone levels Mm -hmm. to get bulky. Mm -hmm. So it's really a lot less of a concern than you think. There's some, some women who do, but... It's also not this irreversible thing. So if you mm-hmm. don't like how your body's looking, mm-hmm. um, you can change what your routine is and you can change your nutrition. Mm-hmm. But what I've also found is most people, once they start lifting, do not care. Yes. <laughs> They're yeah. like, I don't care. I just yeah. want to feel strong. Yeah. It's and so how empowering. my body looks is just a manifestation of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. Like, I remember I used to look at people who did bodybuilding and I was like, oh, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Like, that's too extreme. Like, I think mm-hmm. she's cool and that's that's cool for her, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it slowly changed into me wanting to be them. And now it's just me wanting to have a body that functions in mm-hmm. this amazing way. So yeah. it's yeah. just, and that's why the business is called Muscle for the Journey because mm-hmm. it's not muscle for the mirror. <laughs> right. It's all about your path because yeah. it's going to change. I mean, it's not yeah. a straight path. It's going to 
mind and right. you're going to change how you look yeah. at things. So. But just being as strong as you can for every chapter of life. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. Being able to functionally do things. Yeah. And amazing. I think until you lift, you don't realize how beneficial it is. Like I will have mm-hmm. clients that go hiking and text me and say, thank you so much for making me squat, even though I hate squatting mm-hmm. <laughs> because their legs feel yeah. so much more stable and their knees are actually healthier because yeah. that's also a misconception of squatting is that it's bad for your knees and mm-hmm. it's just how you squat. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really empowering feeling. It's, yeah. uh, it's cool. Even I have a client who's a grandmother and we were just talking about how she felt so stable sitting on one of those um, big Swiss balls or yoga mm-hmm. balls and holding her granddaughter mm-hmm. and bouncing mm-hmm. because she had felt she had been working out and she yeah. feels strong and stable. Yeah. So yeah. knows her body and knows what yeah. it's capable of. And yeah, that's exactly. awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. So that's really fun. So what's been, so running your own business, mm-hmm. what's been the hardest thing that you've had to learn? Oh, wow. Or that you're still <laughs> learning? <laughs> I think... Probably my, there's so many layers to this challenge, I feel like, but my biggest challenge, and just because I believe in God, so when I'm sitting in church, Mm -hmm. this is one of the things that always comes to mind, is like, and so I think it's been the biggest challenge to my faith, too, and you can translate that, however, um, is the control aspect. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I, I have a personality that's a perfectionism perfectionist mm-hmm. and I read an article a long time ago that is the difference between high achievers and perfectionists and that's something that I have to try to constantly battle it's like mm-hmm. I can't control all these things it's mm-hmm. an illusion I have to let yeah. go and trust right. and it's really hard with the business because I will one of the stories I tell myself that we deal with in therapy is that I'm responsible for everything, mm-hmm. whether it's emotions, someone else's actions, someone else's feelings, or everything with my business. Mm-hmm. And I, there are many times when like my husband will say, what can I do to help? And I'm like, literally nothing. I'm the only person that can do this. <laughs> so if I like actually yeah. sit down and allow myself yeah. to reflect on yeah. the supposed tasks that I have to do on my to-do list. Right. I can either eliminate them or think of other people that might be interested. Right. That I can use utilize their skills. And yeah. that, that was the card that I pulled this morning for my mm-hmm. Miracles Now card was like allowing mm-hmm. other others to support you supports them. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. it's a total illusion. Yes. Right. That your exactly. mind is just telling you, you have to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And then I think it's so interesting Usually we don't get that whole list done, but even if you did, yeah, there would be another list. Oh, yeah. Like it's never going to end. Yeah. Even when I get done for the week. Yeah. yeah. Even if everything's crossed mm-hmm. off, which it never is, mm-hmm. I'm literally flipping the page for Monday and writing next week's to-do yeah. list. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just an yeah. illusion that like you'll feel better if all this gets done. Right. Or you'll feel better if it's perfect and right. nothing goes wrong. And yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good lesson for a lot of people. Just mm-hmm. showing up, doing your best, but yeah. letting it be what it is. That's something I learned when I had pneumonia. I was like, oh, I couldn't work. I think it was for a week and a half or two weeks. Mm-hmm. I was so sick. And I, and after that two weeks, I was like, so at first there were people that helped provide for me. Mm-hmm. And second, n- the world kept going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did not rest on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So like none of my clients quit. Yeah. None of them were angry with me. Yeah. Um, so that was a real lesson. I think I've probably need to like make a painting to represent it and remind myself of it all the time or something isn't that amazing Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. the other thing I learned a long time ago I had a coach that pointed out to me that I was really good about keeping a lot of balls in the air Mm -hmm. and then he asked the question what do you do when someone wants to help you Mm. 
and I was, you know, really caught off guard because I was like, oh, wow, I don't do that. Like, I don't let people help me. Right. And then he asked the question, and how do you think that makes them feel mm. when, yeah. when they want to help you and you don't? And I just had this image of me, like, cutting them off at the knees, like, stay oh, away. Like, yeah. And then it was just a big lesson that he, he pointed out. He's like, they're really trying to love you. When they're trying to help you, they're really trying to love you. Yeah. And you're cutting them off the knees or keeping them at arm's bay. Yeah. And I just, that always stuck with me as a big lesson. Yeah. It's hard, but. That's absolutely true. And I, we could use my mom as an example of that. She's out there painting because Mm -hmm. she is enjoying it and she Mm -hmm. wants to be able to help. Mm -hmm. And instead I'm trying to anticipate her needs. Yes. (laughs) And I need to let her do that. Yeah. (laughs) So that's another control thing. Yeah. So So cool. Yeah. So cool. How about um, anything on your journey that you've experienced so far that you felt was divine intervention, spiritual-based, anything like that you want to share that sticks out? There's so many stick-out moments. Like, Mm -hmm. I could tell you each pivotal moment that led to, like, now, I I feel Mm -hmm. like. Um, Maybe I'll just tell you a couple of them. Yeah, that'd be great. um, So in uh, high school, throughout most of high school, I wanted to be... A physical therapist and I was like dead set on it I even did a 4-H presentation on it at the mm-hmm. state fair and um, then my senior year of high school I was writing for a class and my aunt read what I wrote and she's like wow Bridget you're missing your calling and that like really stuck with me and um, I should back up the reason I wanted to be a physical therapist was because I went to um, Easter Seals and volunteered for Camp Sunnyside for mm-hmm. just one day and I was like I want to do something that helps people mm-hmm. um, and so then that's what I thought well physical therapy is the answer for people with special needs and then um, I realized I'm really bad at math and science <laughs> <laughs> so I was like I really enjoy writing so I went to school for journalism mm-hmm. but then after that I got an amazing job traveling to different countries I got to travel twice a year but I was really unhappy when I lived in Sioux Falls, and there were numerous reasons for that. But I made myself stay there until I found joy, because I knew if I ran then, I'd keep running. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it was, it's, I try to remind that myself of that a lot. Um, and then in 2014, my dad was diagnosed with Huntington's disease. And I had known that I wanted to move home at some point, and, but I just wasn't sure. And I really, like, it was a great job that I had, too. And I was sitting, I think I was sitting in the car, or I might have even been in my office when a song came on the radio. And it's, um, <clears throat> the title of the song is Where Our Feet May Fail. Mm-hmm. And I just started bawling. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically about, like, pushing the boundaries and, and trusting. And uh, I knew in that moment that I was meant to move back home and be with my family mm-hmm. and pursue. I had already gotten into, like, kind of, personal training just for fun with some friends and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that was then I started searching for jobs there and getting my certification so Mm -hmm. those were like some of the major pivotal moments and even in my abusive relationship I can like look at those moments and I used to beat myself up so much like why were you so stupid to stay Mm -hmm. in that relationship yeah you know better you're a stronger person Mm -hmm. what was that about and I know if I hadn't I would never have come back here. Mm-hmm. I would never have met my husband. I would never have started this business. Right. So it doesn't matter why I stayed. Right. And I know that it happened so that all these things could happen on that journey. Mm-hmm. So 
to me, there are like really mm-hmm. pointed moments where all that stuff happened. And even with starting the studio, I was sitting in front of the, the small studio, the old one, and I wanted something bigger. I wanted a 1500 square foot space and I am so glad I didn't get it cause I could not have afforded it at mm-hmm. the time. And I was sitting, um, in the car, just looking at the, the studio, hoping that I would get the lease and the song, um, let it go, let it be. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the band who sings it. That came on the radio, and I just started bawling again. Uh-huh. <laughs> so music's really an like, integral part. I think like, I, so. get I get yeah, it. I yeah. hear you. It was such a, yeah. and it was such so true because that was like that was the space. It was perfect mm-hmm. for the time, and yeah. Now it's awesome. time for this one. So. It's awesome when we yeah. get those confirmations that we're being guided and cared for, and yeah. that watched out, and yeah. just those little moments where. We just get that inkling of that feeling. And usually you feel it. I feel it like through my body. Like it's mm-hmm. a body feeling of emotion that yes. comes on very suddenly. And then you just know there's um, more to the story than just a song. You know? Right. Right. Um, I'll, let me ask you a question on that abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you think in the terms of staying in it too long and then self-reflection on that, was it harder for you to forgive yourself or your partner? That's a great question. Absolutely myself. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I think I can be angry at my ex, which now, um, I don't feel that way because of therapy. I think Mm -hmm. there was a couple weeks ago when we were dealing with things and my therapist said, when you think about him, how, how strong is, I forget what the feeling was, but how strong is this feeling? And I swore, so I won't say. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't care about him. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. she was like, whoa. So mm. that's, I can let go of that far sooner than I can let go of my guilt in that yeah. situation yep. and in other situations in, mm. in life. And I think that's still, even though I know that I wouldn't be here without those decisions, it's still hard for me to not almost be bitter with myself over it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I had a similar experience in life, and that was, to me, the biggest, like, unknown thing that I had to face was Mm. that long period of forgiving myself, working on forgiving myself. Yeah. Because you know when you experience something like that, you have another person that, you know, perpetrated violence against you, and you have to forgive that. But I was faced with the, why am I so mad? I'm so mad at myself. Yeah. And then getting over that healing and finally, finally getting to the place where you can forgive yourself for not being the person that you grew into being mm-hmm. through that experience. So, And I do think that's part of the control, too, mm-hmm. is like, well, you were not in, what you think was in control at mm-hmm. that time. And so then you, like, hold on tight to making every other decision mm-hmm. what you think is perfect, which is mm-hmm. not. And I, I remember sitting in therapy again a couple weeks ago and being like, we're all in this together. Yeah. Like, no, why do I think that I'm better than anybody else? Like, why yeah. do I expect myself to ride this straight line yeah. when we're all going through the yeah. hills and valleys together? Yeah. And I, like, literally just had this image of, like, not a specific person or anything, but just, like, mm-hmm. pe- bodies, like, going yeah. through this journey yeah. up and down and up and down together, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. you th- I think that our culture is so built on standing out. Mm-hmm. that sometimes we forget mm-hmm. 
that it's okay to actually blend in in some ways. Yeah, and have so. a lot of commonality, and yeah, nobody yeah, gets an easy ride here. Right. I mean, if you think it's easy, just wait, because right. there's some more stuff coming for <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. It's coming down the pike, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah we're all definitely in it together. Mm-hmm. How about, um, is there anything that you used to believe strongly when you were younger that now you've released? Have you changed oh, a wow. major belief on anything in your life? Probably a, a lot of things. I'm trying to think of something specific. I guess even my approach to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was a hardline Republican Christian debating people over things. And I'm much more like, I want to step in your shoes. Mm-hmm. What do things look like from here mm-hmm. now? And I think loving people through action instead of cramming things down their throat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's one thing. Like, I just, I really enjoy seeing things from other people's perspective, even if I'm completely opposed to whatever mm-hmm. X thing is. I'm, I'm a lot more middle line than I, yeah. <laughs> than I was before. So there's not a lot of things where I think that. But even in, in areas where I'm like, no, I really do think that this is right versus wrong I still mm-hmm. want to look at the opposite mm-hmm. perspective right just and, understand yeah. where they're coming from and yeah because yeah. I've never thought about it that way mm-hmm. so why wouldn't I right I mean maybe it'll make me understand why I believe what I believe exactly better yeah so that's what I was just thinking is I think it just strengthens your own belief mm-hmm. to kind of fine-tune that through questioning what other people are believing right like why do you believe that or what experience did you have that led you to that and then right. it makes you question your own beliefs and faith or whatever it is mm-hmm. and then makes that stronger perhaps you right. know if you examine it that way so right yeah yeah and I think probably like just self-guilt too so mm-hmm. that probably combines mm-hmm. like those things probably mm-hmm. go together I think that's something I'm still working on though mm-hmm. but that's probably like a belief from very young. Again, that yeah. responsibility factor, like, yep. oh, let's take responsibility and guilt for everything. That doesn't do anybody no. any, any good. No. It's a huge, <laughs> huge weight to bear. Yeah. Lots yeah. of energy yeah. goes into that. Yeah. Right. How about, is there any books or podcasts or anything you really rely on that you love for motivating you? Or do you have a self-care practice mm-hmm. that you rely on? I'm uh, My reading has gotten so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's something I'm working on. Because I do enjoy reading a lot, especially as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do yoga Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm-hmm. which is actually my earlier mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even just for 10 to 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. it's just restorative. Mm-hmm. And then, and often I'll light incense while I'm doing it. And that mm-hmm. just feels like it starts my day out grounded. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I swim. Because no one, not saying anything bad about anyone else, because I can't talk to them either. I'm super uh, (laughs) ADD tendencies sometimes. So, Mm -hmm. like, no one can talk to me when I'm in the water. Uh And so, like, even just counting your strokes or just breathing Mm -hmm. instead of, because I will find myself swimming, and it's like thought after thought after thought. It's like, who do I have to text after this? What do I have to do? Mm -hmm. What's my schedule? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, where are you right now? Right. Let's focus and I remember a long time ago Annie Woods did a video about stay in your lane Mm -hmm. and the swimming pool is also a great lesson for that so like if I even get distracted by the person next to me I'm like 
where's your lane, Bridget? Where are you now? Exactly. So that's why I really like swimming for that reason because it really centers me to just be where I am. Yeah. So be in the moment and focus on what you're doing right then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but as far as books and and podcasts, I don't. I don't know Nothing if I else. have a specific one that's standing out right now. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Everybody's <laughs> got their got their jam. So, what do you think so far is the hardest thing that you faced in life, and what did you learn from it? So, I think um, maybe even six months ago, I probably would have said my past like romantic relationships might be the hardest thing uh, because my trust was like so shattered by that Mm -hmm. and I visually can picture like a mask falling off of my ex and like then my blinders falling off in that moment um and just the the physical abuse and stuff and so I think that I would say I would have would have said those those were the hardest things too um but now I think I'm like it's my dad for sure because my Mm -hmm. dad has Huntington's disease which is a neurological disorder um and every kid has a 50 50 chance of having it Mm -hmm. both of his brothers i believe are are diagnosed his younger brother was diagnosed before he was actually and they so huntington's disease is a repeat of branch chain amino acids actually in your body and so it's the letter cag and the amount of cag repeats shows what level of advancement you have and his brother and him had the same Um, but his brother is, um, even though they're the same number, almost more advanced in some ways. And we don't know if that's because dad was so active for, um, so much of his life with like, he used to get up in the morning and swim too. Um, but I think watching, like not knowing how he, like what he's thinking on the inside and what his comprehension is, Mm -hmm. is the hardest. And like, I was watching a show last night. It's actually, it was next in fashion. So it's these, um, fashion designers that are, they're making clothes and their, their family comes in at the end of the show for the Mm -hmm. two finalists. And, um, the female that was there, her dad's crying and saying how proud of her. I'm going to start crying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Saying how proud of her he was. Yeah. And just like wishing I still had that, like I really miss his voice. Yeah. Yeah. But so what are some of the what are some of the physical symptoms of the disease and mental like what is happening for him and his um so life? Huntington's is like having ALS Alzheimer's and Parkinson's simultaneously okay um and it manifests different in each person uh he's you become very active initially and mm-hmm. so he has what's called chorea so it's like involuntary movements mm-hmm. so like originally Years ago, it's a little bit, you know, it's more pronounced now, but originally it kind of looks like cerebral palsy almost because mm-hmm. it's like jerky movements mm-hmm. um, that he can't control. And sometimes we call it his praise Jesus hand because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it'll come, his hand just goes up to so the that. side and mm-hmm. stays there. And um, so things like that happen as far as physically. And then just like, like right now he's going through a med change and he cannot sit still. Mm-hmm. And he'll sit down for literally five seconds or less and get up and start pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually, like, a scuff pattern from him pacing from the back of the studio to the front. Mm-hmm. And I actually had this really cool vision this morning. I don't know why, of, like, his feet and, like, thinking of his feet, like, faded over those patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he, uh, and sometimes we'll have really lucid moments when we do, he, I teach him piano mm-hmm. and when we do piano lessons, he can go through his flashcards a lot of the time with like really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how that comes back for people, even when they've had mental mm-hmm. um, deterioration like that happen. But if you ask him to say uh, the line notes, so like um, every good boy does fine is the way mm-hmm. that we remember, he'll rattle it off right away. Wow. And then space notes is F-A-C-E. Mm-hmm. And if he can't, he usually says those pretty quickly. But if he can't, I'll say it rhymes with space. Mm-hmm. And then he'll say face, F-A-C-E. Mm-hmm. So um, we learned as soon as he quit driving and had to retire early, his mental, like, ability, the stimulation went down. It was really noticeable. Mm-hmm. And that's something we wish we had known. Like, okay, we need to replace that activity mm-hmm. with something. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, we are like, okay, are, is there a video game we could do that would mm-hmm. be stimulating? And then I was like, duh, piano. Because he yeah. had already asked before things set in and he wasn't talking as much and stuff. He had asked to train with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had started that. So he lifts with me twice a week, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Even though now sometimes he's like, I'm done. <laughs> so sometimes I just think like, yeah. oh, he's just thinking, saying what everybody else wants to yes, say. Exactly. <laughs> when, here, yes. when they're here. And there was one time he was doing uh, lat pull downs mm-hmm. and he's like, I can't. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean you can't? Like mm-hmm. something hurt? Mm-hmm. Is it your back? Is it your shoulders? Mm-hmm. And he goes, it's my back. And then I had him do a different type of exercise, like cable row. And I still don't know if he was just lying because he hates mm-hmm. that movement. <laughs> there are certain uh-huh. movements where he'll just point to it and say done. And I'm like, well, nice try, but no. Uh-huh. That's funny. So it's, it's fun, though. One of my favorite ones to do with him is to take, I have like a little um, kind of a massage ball. Mm-hmm. And we toss that back and forth. And I can just kind of, I get to see like the glimmer behind his eyes. Mm-hmm. I can tell that I've asked him before if that was his favorite or what thing was his favorite, and mm-hmm. he said catch and tosses. So. Mm-hmm. so for me, it's also nostalgic since we yeah. used to play catch. So Yeah, that's beautiful. That's my favorite one to do. But I think that's that's been the, the hardest because I've gone through a myriad of emotions. Mm-hmm. Most often denial. That's my favorite one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's not happening. Things yeah. have always been this way. Right. I'm not, like, looking back at how they used to be. Yeah. Um, but then I went through, like, a really angry point. And I would have these weird mm-hmm. moments where, like, I, I wrote about it in a blog, but I was driving over a bridge one time on the way home from my parents' house. And I I just, not consciously, mm-hmm. like, I didn't consciously want to die, but I just mm-hmm. pictured driving over the edge and, like, yeah. peacefully almost, just, like, going down in the water. It was raining. Yeah. And it happened another time after he needed a feeding tube at the time. Mm-hmm. And after his feeding tube appointment, I picture just driving over the edge of the mm-hmm. the parking garage and it, I didn't have a conscious desire to die right I've had that before I've had that when right. I was in my bad relationship and stuff so I was like what is going on mm-hmm. and my therapist explained it to me it's like your brain is like this teacup and there's so much that's dealing with emotionally and stress wise mm-hmm. that it's like filling up and overflowing mm-hmm. and that's how it's coping like yeah. it's finding that safe space yeah I was like, okay, good, I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not actually contemplating right. doing those things, but it was really yeah. scary. And then yeah. there was a moment in church, a lot of those songs that we sing that talk about the resurrection, like, I'll mm-hmm. just start bawling right away because it's so mm-hmm. reassuring to know, like, that his body will be renewed. He's not stuck in that prison. Right. 
which right. is one of the things that bothers me the most is like what is stuck in his mind that he can't mm-hmm. tell us and so I remember just having this like rejuvenating purpose mm-hmm. found in, again in yeah. music so yeah. it's, it's always music yeah. for me <laughs> yeah so yeah that's awesome yeah. yeah thanks for sharing that it's so hard to watch someone you love going through something yeah terminal chronic it's just painful it's just awful yeah. to just watch them and know there's yeah. not much you can do other than just be there it sounds like you're creating some really beautiful experiences for you two together yeah yeah trying to cling to mm-hmm. whatever we can and um I think even just missing the dynamic with my whole family, with my mm-hmm. brother and my mom, can be hard. But mm-hmm. we went on a boat that we'd been planning to go on for years for his birthday mm-hmm. and or for Father's Day. And we got to go this year. And he like his way of enjoying things is different now. Mm-hmm. So he just sat there with his legs crossed, peaceful, yeah. without getting back up and walking yeah. around. And that was like so nice to sit there mm-hmm. with mom and and just drive the boat and yeah. have fun. So yeah. he only tried to get up once. <laughs> so that only gave us one scare. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was really good. Yeah. yeah. I think the hardest part about some of that type of thing coming into your life is like, it's always there. There's no break. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you were just talking, it brought tears to my eyes. You can probably tell. So just yeah. like, it's always there. So even when you have family time and mm-hmm. you get together like you used to, it's different. It's different. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't go away. It's yeah. always in the air. Yeah. Um, even if you have a moment of relief, it just, yeah, it's always there. Right. And I think I downplay that because, like I said, I like to mm-hmm. deny and pretend it's just always been that mm-hmm. way. And so we have a picture of uh, my husband, Dan, when he went on our, I think, yeah, it was our first trip, our first vacation. Um, it's really important to me to be able to go with them on vacation. Um, and so we had gone that, together there and there's a picture. I don't know when he asked my dad. Um, my dad was a little bit more communicative then, still less than before, but uh, he's always been a quiet guy. So, um, But they were sitting on the deck at the, um, why can't I think of what it's called? It's almost like a condominium that we stay in. And mm-hmm. they were sitting on the deck, and there's a picture where the blinds are partly rolled up, and they're both sitting there having drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, that's when he asked him. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh-huh. like, just thinking yeah. back to that moment when yeah. he was more communicative. Mm-hmm. It's hard that Dan never got to experience him in full communication, but yeah. that's something that, like, brings me comfort. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's painful, but it's like that weird balance of comfort yeah. and pain. So. Finding the joy where you can yeah even though there's a lot of pain yeah yeah exactly yeah awesome well thank you for sharing this time with me it was yeah, so enlightening you. and authentic and <laughs> thanks for being vulnerable thank you and everybody come out to the open house yes please. On march 7th <laughs> at what time is it again 4 to 7 p.m. 4 to 7, March 7th, that muscle for the journey. So, And you guys check out Bridget because she's amazing at what she does, and you will gain a wonderful, amazing new friend, too. Well, thank you, Dawn. I enjoy having you. Yeah, me too. Awesome. All right, thanks, everybody. That's it for today. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Hi, everybody. This is Dawn. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I so much appreciate you listening and joining with me for these meditations and conversations and letting me be part of your day, whether it's your drive, being around the house, or whenever you listen to these, I really appreciate you connecting with me and letting me into your space. It's really an honor. If you 
do enjoy the podcast and find it valuable, if you would share it with your family and friends, that would be super helpful to help get more people acclimated to meditation and the power of it. And as everything, it should always be a soft share. So never pushing anybody into anything, but just offering it if it feels aligned for them. I also want to encourage you, if it feels aligned for you to do more of this work in meditation and go deeper, to go out to my website. I have a lot of tools out there. Just take a look around. There is a section called Spark a Change. And within that section, it will talk about my coaching services. I'm also a certified RTT practitioner. And so you can explore more about RTT on the website. If you are more of a do-it-yourselfer, there's some online classes that you can do. And then there's also links to the book that I have published called The Mapmaker. There is also a link for a discovery call. So if you just want to have a chat about what you're needing and going through, the biggest service I can really offer is helping you deepen your meditation practice and coach you through the emotions that will come up. So when we start to sit in silence with ourselves, there's a lot of emotions that come up and having done this work for 10 years, I can coach you through all of those emotions and kind of rewiring your thinking around them so that you don't get so bogged down with those. So take a look, let me know if I can help you in any way. And if the podcast is exactly how you need help, then that is absolutely perfect. So thank you so much and have an amazing day. And please remember how important you are here. We really cannot do this without you.